Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positively inclined Doctor Who episode commentary podcast in which I, Toby Haydock, drone on, but fortunately have a friend along to provide far more insightful thoughts and observations. Events occur in real time. Hi, Toby and Toby's listeners. Um, My name is Catherine Armitage, also known as Cat, and I am honoured to be asked to be part of Happy Times and Places, which is one of my favourite podcasts, so I'm very happy to be here. I am a child of the wilderness years, and very sadly, I grew up with non-geeky parents, which meant that no one thought to introduce me to Doctor Who. It's a real tragedy. Um, Until my little brother, and this is an excellent reason why little brothers are worth having, introduced me to series one right at the end of series one of the new reboot I suppose it was of Doctor Who so my first Doctor was Christopher Eccleston in Bad Wolf and then from that moment uh, a new timeline for my life emerged and everything changed because then it became uh, possibly an unhealthy obsession so little brothers useful also dangerous However, the episode I have chosen for my happy time and place is not an Eccleston, it's a Tenant. It's from Series 3 and it is 42. Now, this is an episode I think does not get anywhere near enough love. I I think it's a fantastic episode. For me, it, it really captures the spirit of New Who, but maybe not even just New Who, of Doctor Who. It's people stuck in a place, hurtling towards some sort of horrible demise, but the Doctor and their friend turn up and they help everyone save the day. Of course, there will of course there will of course be casualties along the way and lots of people will die horribly again, all all part of a part of Doctor Who. And I you know, simple things like, you know, they can't get the TARDIS. There's no guns. As far as I remember, there's not really any guns. So everything has to be solved by ingenuity, invention, bravery, adventure. And everyone has their part to play in that. And I think for me, the whole episode and why for me it's such quintessential Doctor Who is summed up with the line the Doctor says, resources, think, what have we got? And that for me is Doctor Who. You're stuck in an impossible situation and you ask yourself the question, resources, think, what have we got? And from there you find a way to try and survive and get as many people out of it alive as possible. I also got to love the reference to uh, the great, the late, great Douglas Adams, 42. Um, Turns out it's not the answer to everything. It is the minutes until you die. So I really hope you enjoy rewatching 42, Toby, and I will return to you with my favourite things. I should warn everyone now, you've probably worked this out, I'm a bit of a babbler, so apologies in advance for all the, all the babbling, especially when I'm enthusiastic about something. But I'll, I'll see you on the other side of the episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Happy Times and Places, in which I've got 42 minutes in order to entertain you before this podcast goes crashing down in flames. I'm, I've am i got to get over myself because uh, I should have finished this podcast by now. The denizens of Patronville are expecting a podcast to land about an hour ago. Uh, and I was late anyway. Uh, and I've, I've decided to try and do some more new series ones. So, um, but that's another story. Um, but anyway, I uh, I fired up the computer and it wasn't behaving. 
and uh, I checked and it needed an update and 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 it looked like it was going to do it really quickly and it's taken I would say at least 42 minutes to do a software update so I could have s stopped a spaceship crashing into the sun won a pub quiz uh, and introduced a subplot for my next adventure all in the time I've just been sitting here. I've, I mean, I, for, for, for the first 50 minutes, I sat here just watching it. I thought, well, I should do something. Um, so I've watched a bit of MasterChef uh, whilst waiting because I couldn't do anything on my computer because um, I've been writing my Quatermass book all day. I'm late with that as well. Uh, but I need to do these podcasts. Um, you're all in the future. Hopefully by the time, if you're a non-patron, um, I will have finished my Quatermass book uh, and it will be out by the time you get this, because patrons are six months ahead. I'm I'm not saying that to plug the patron, but I have inadvertently. Um, but I'm just setting the scene because uh, I've, yeah, I haven't done enough new series because I'm a bit of a coward like that because they're longer. Each episode is longer. Uh, and I, I worry about talking for, you know, these are solo commentaries, really. You've heard from the lovely Kat Armitage, who is the reason I'm doing this episode because she's a relatively new recruit but I was so enthused by her enthusiasm for doing the podcast, and I listened to the intros just to make sure that uh, that you know the, the 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 recordings have worked, and I can play them back. I don't listen to the to the choices, uh, and uh, I was so enthused by her presence and tone and contribution and everything else, uh, and I felt the need to do a new series episode, uh, and I keep meaning to do. I've got the woman who fell to earth queued up and ready to go, but it's a slightly longer one, and uh, I, I can't afford to do a longer one tonight. Uh, and I thought, well, I need to do something involving Chris Chibnall because we're, you know, we've just said goodbye to him as showrunner, and I haven't done many of his, uh, but that's partially because I don't know his era quite so well. Um, but he's an important figure, and 42 is his first episode, and it's, uh, even though it's, yeah, but it's a new series episode. Will I have anything to say? I know who all the extras are in, <laughs> in old, in classic Doctor Who. I've got, you know, childhood experiences that probably, child, I mean, I, although, I mean, this is, 42 is uh, May 2007, so it's as old now as actually Doctor Who was when I started watching Doctor Who. I started with a repeat of The Invisible Enemy. So 42 is, is pretty much on a par with where An Unearthly Child was when I started watching Doctor Who, which is absolutely terrifying. Um, but I'm enthused by Catherine Armitage's enthusiasm. We don't really, we don't know each other. Um, but uh, I what I really like about, one of the things I like about doing this podcast is that, um, you know, I've reached out to people who I thought were, firstly, friends, but then I've realised a lot of my friends were sort of uh, middle-aged guys like me. So I thought, well, you yeah, know, I need to mix it up. I need to have different voices and different experiences. And, uh, uh, you know, Kat gives off good and interesting vibes and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, has interesting things to say. So I thought, well, let's reach out. And it turns out she's a listener. So, so so thanks. Um, and here she is. And as I say, I was enthused. So I have to do, because it's one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I have to do something that enthusi I've got to try and I've got to try and feed off somebody else in order to make this work because I need to get this stuff out. So welcome. Uh, I hope you will join with me 
to count down the 42 minutes between now and the end of this podcast. And let's see if we can find uh, not 42 things, just five. <laughs> uh, Cat and I that we both like about this particular and it has to be said not hugely loved nor disliked I would say it's probably an episode that most people see my, my general my, my, my sense of the tenor of the conversation around 42 is that it's okay I remember it being fine when it went out but this was such a time to be a Doctor Who fan it was you know three series in I was waiting for it to get disappointing or for, for something to go wrong and, and actually Doctor Who was on everybody's lips. Even the filler episodes had something about them. There was no filler episode ever. I remember reading about this in Doctor Who magazine, and it was saying, you know, and and the next episodes include forty-two, and we were well into twenty-four, which was the which I've, I've I was looking up last night for no reason. I couldn't sleep, and I started looking up twenty-four on Wikipedia and realised how old that was. But that was that that is now. But that was a TV phenomenon, and what a wheeze to go. Well, Doctor Who episodes are forty-two minutes long. 24 uh, is a series that plays out in real time. Each episode is an hour long and it plays out in real time. Though they had adverts as well, so they could slightly cheat. Um, but, but you know, so in their hour, they were still only doing sort of 45 minutes of television. So the, the, the real time carried on over the adverts, which Doctor Who can't do here. Um, but it's it's taken a, a, a you know, a, a current exciting uh, you know, television phenomenon from across the pond, which always has a little bit of excitement about it, which uh, current Toby is is sort of feeding off because we've had uh, the brilliantly mon- monikered uh, Jinx Monsoon uh, premiering a, a, a costume that suggests that doc- some part, some aspect of Doctor Who might be getting a little bit camp. Who'd have thought it? Camp Doctor Who, whatever next. Uh, and there's been a picture of... Uh, Shuti Gatwa and uh, Billy Gibson uh, looking very funky uh, against a brick wall. Um, so, uh, yeah, Doctor Who's pretty exciting and it's feeling, you know, but 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 Jinx, Jinx Monsoon is giving it the impression, you know, anything. I always think of America as glamorous. I always think of if, if Doctor Who has a, have a, has a whiff of Americana about it, it just makes it a bit more sort of internationally respectable. Not that you'd ever want it to be 100%. Uh, uh, American because its Britishness is part of it, but 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 I don't know. There's, I've always found America glamorous and exciting and out of touch and uh, out of touch for me, not out of touch. America's very much in touch. I'm not in touch. Um, I'm y- y- you know what I mean. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, for forty two. I remember reading about it in Doctor Who magazine, and it just seemed oh god, yeah. So they're doing a one. It's a, it's a one off episode. It's not part of an arc or anything like that. But it's got a selling point, like all of the stories it seemed at that time that every story has a headline uh so you wait you know we, we knew the two the big two-parter human nature family of blood based on a much-loved novel was coming up and that's quite a big one for the doctor so he's, but but this episode beforehand is oh it's it's buying into the real time thing I, I love the fact that the title you know is 24 backwards that's just a lovely happy accident kind of thing but it there was also a film around this time uh because uh, they had to change the name of the spaceship, didn't they? And the film is called Sunset, um, about a spaceship called, isn't it called, called the Icarus, um, uh, falling falling into the into the sun? 
and uh, yeah, at, at, at pretty much the the same time. Um, I mean, and it's so it's called, isn't it? The S is it the SS Pentalion, uh, the ship in this after the Pentalion Drive, which is just off the old Kent Road, uh, but the Pentalion Drive in Revenge of the Cybermen. Um, but of course, it was called the Icarus because, of course, Icarus you know had the wings and flew into the sun and i i remember that story at school you know uh, being a great cautionary tale you know don't fly too close to the sun or you you know the wax in your wings will melt and you'll fall you know it's one of those early stories that one is told i mean i remember i, I was at junior school so it's tiny but it always stuck in my mind there's something about that sort of very simple story of um you know that simple cautionary tale uh but of course and, and in the film um Sun, sunshine, uh, from the same year, and it's isn't it? We, my, I remember my friend Mark calling it monkey nut theory. Is that you know, um, uh, you know, there's only there's only certain you know when when an event ha happens, there's only so many jokes you can tell about it. So some of them are are, are going to be the same, and and I suppose you know two two storytellers at the same time come up with the idea of the you know spaceship flying close to the sun and go well i'll call the ship the icarus but of course that is nominative determinism it is quite unfortunate if uh and this doesn't happen in the doctor who because i think it's called the icarus in sunshine isn't it so they had to change the name for the doctor who um but but it begs the question is if 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 you don't want your spaceship to fly too close to a sun, don't call it the Icarus. <laughs> I suppose it's also the same reason you shouldn't call your spaceship the Titanic. Uh, but uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's uh, yeah don't don't name your spaceship after something that went wrong or someone that died. So um, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's. Uh, 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 bear that in mind whenever we christen any of our vehicles so um, we are going to I loved Kat's introduction I, I was enthused by that so enthused I've talked for 10 minutes before we've even started so let us now press play I'm on the old iPlayer because it's easier uh, even though I have it in sh on shiny disc on my shelf let's press play on Doctor Who's Sunshine 42 in three, two, one. Um, I'm doing that thing now where I'm re re regretting uh, saying all of that at the beginning because I will not think of anything to say during this. So, gosh, I haven't seen some of these episodes for a while. I, rem I remember thinking this was okay when it was on, but, but I, I mean, I loved, but okay at this time was was still great you know Doctor Who was riding high being a Doctor Who fan was wonderful there were no episodes during this period that I didn't enjoy um, and I was waiting for things to go wrong because I'm a Doctor Who fan but it it was just such a thrill being a Doctor Who fan but this was very much a sort of one of the episodes uh, one of the serials series sort of average episodes because the Lazarus experiments come just before uh, which should have been right up my street because it's uh, it's basically it's the Quatermass experiment isn't it uh, but um, a bit like the Idiot's Lantern which is also very Quatermassy one um, that they, they didn't deliver as much as perhaps I would have uh, hoped they would seeing as they're you know they have elements of Quatermass which I'll keep saying because I've written a book about Quatermass uh, I love the heat uh, of this uh, I love the uh, the the lighting. You know, you can feel the. It feels quite grown up, Doctor Who, having people 
who are you know sweaty and dirty and hot this this and and i've worn i've had sweat makeup for what was it for something i did i can't remember what it was now oh casualty 1907 no was it no I, anyway i've worn sweaty makeup it's horrible it's sticky it smells not very nice and it's not like sweat which has a sort of cooling element to it it's it's sort of tacky and bitty and it's it's not very pleasant but it looks great on screen and all of these people look great and the lighting the orange lighting the steam the, the look at that lighting the, um, the whole environment of this episode you know screams burning sunshine and what a brilliant brilliant conceit we're going to crash into the sun and we're going to do it in 42 minutes. It's an episode of Doctor Who. It's 42 minutes long. And so we shall begin. Kapow! Brilliant. Superb. I love it. Um, so, so this is, as I say, every every Doctor Who at this time period has, has a bit of a headline about it. Uh, and I remember, you know, my, my, my feelings in the, uh, you know, in the post-mortem of the series... Well, the 42 had been okay. And then, and that's, that sort of feeling persisted. And, 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 and then I think I had reason to watch again. Maybe it was post-COVID when I watched, uh, or during COVID when I, when I revisited this period quite a lot. But I've got a feeling it might have been earlier than that. When I watched 42, expecting it to be, to use the common parlance, meh. Uh, and I found it an absolute thrill. I found it... Um, you, you know the action increased there was a cliffhanger every five minutes there was a twist every five minutes the 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 energy of the storytelling or the nature of the jeopardy uh shifted a gear or uh, uh, and 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 i remember go gosh if this was an average episode from this time uh the average of the the mean average of this period of doctor Who is extremely high um uh, chris chibnall writing is very interesting for me because I know it's very easy for one to think that the universe centres around oneself, but my sister was at drama college in London, or at, or at college in London and did drama, and, and she designed the costumes for a stage version of the excellent play Bent, uh, set in a, a about um, you know gay persecution in World War Two. Christopher Eccleston was in the original. A very original production but my sister's student production for which she designed the costumes starred a young man in the lead role uh, called Chris Chibnall and I always remembered his name in fact I think I've got a program for it somewhere and of course then I'd see his name pop up writing under I hadn't seen his name in association with Doctor Who funnily enough as a, as a fan because of course he did the the open air and all of that but I'd, I'd missed all of that stuff so I didn't know about him as a fan of Doctor Who and that notorious open air appearance um, I knew him as the guy I was at college with my sister who was in that play and I'd remembered his name. Uh, and then I started seeing him sort of writing for television and stuff. Uh, and then uh, I did think his name did get mentioned in association with Doctor Who somewhere along the line. Um, and then I became aware of the, the the open air and all of that sort of thing. But that was much, much later. Um so then he's he's writing for Doctor Who, and I'm going. Oh, I should have I should have got to know because I went to see I went to see that college production. We went to London to see it, um, but it's weird how you know there's always there's always some aspect of Doctor Who cramming itself into your life wherever you are. In fact, today as I got in, um, uh, Rich, one of my, one of the the uh, 
denizens of Patreonville uh, has uh, messaged me to say that his uncle has just been doing the plumbing for Ray Cusick's daughter. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and it's hard to, uh, because it does, isn't it? It's because it's, it's such a big sprawling thing, Doctor Who. It reaches everywhere. So, so yeah. So, so, so Chibnall being part of Doctor Who seemed inevitable to me because I'd sort of been in his vicinity and not become his and not become his best friend. So it was always I saw, but he's, he'll end up working on the show. <laughs> I love. Now, Graham Harper directs this. Now, well, well, hang on. One thing about this real-time thing uh, is, it, of course, it's such a cheat because um, you can just stick you can just stick the clock in wherever you like, and wherever you're up to in the episode is is the time. So it's not it's not actually as 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 hard as it as 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 the surface uh, conceit might make you think it is. Oh God, they've got to fit it all into exactly the right. Well, well, no, they just. They just go, well, it's, we're this far into the episode and we need a clock up, so the clock should read this. But it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a lovely piece of, uh, of, of storytelling magic where you can go, you, you know, there's, there's no, we can't cheat our way out of this. We, we, and we can't, we can't do a, a, a montage or a cut or anything like that. And, uh, and it gives an urgency to the storytelling. And if you want urgency, get Graham Harper to direct it. Um, who is who is one of those directors who does you know who does action and pace very well, but also casts very well. And uh, Graham Harper is such an enthusiastic uh, man, um, and and such a I suspect I've never been directed by him, but a great man to have on the floor. And he's perfect for this sort of material. And and as somebody who desperately wanted when I was younger Doctor Who to look like Alien, because Alien had sort of reinvented how you did spaceships, where people had jobs. And people dressed not in spangly space gear, but in overalls and that sort of thing, uh, and and didn't necessarily have space names. Um, you know, Doctor Who didn't catch on to doing sci-fi how Alien did it particularly well in its uh, original iteration. It, it always, you know, it always felt a bit like it was trying to be glitzy, but 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 on a on a light tent uh, on a on a. On a uh, with 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 light end flats uh, and uh, you know multi camera lighting. So when Doctor Who looks like this, I always get very excited because it feels like a graduation to the sort of dirty sci fi look that I thought would have made, say, Warriors of the Deep look much more impressive. Can you imagine? Yeah, Warriors of the Deep with everybody this sweaty and not in the eye shadow, but in you know in fatigues and all of that. I've I've never quite. <laughs> been convinced by the pub quiz element of the plot i have to say it's quite fun but it's 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 stupid <laughs> um uh vinette robinson as now because because one of the one of the things that you would do uh when this period of doctor who was happening was you'd, you'd get the next time trailer so that'd give you a bit of the next episode I think I'd even time when you know when if there was going to be a trailer and there wasn't a trailer for every episode midweek you'd kind of know when they'd appear but you'd also get um you knew you'd get a clip on Totally Doctor Who and I'm sure the clip they showed on Totally Doctor Who was was Abby Lerner getting killed so you already knew from the first time you met her uh, that she was toast uh, which is a shame because she's uh, Vinette Robinson's 
fantastic actress and has returned to Doctor Who playing Rosa Parks. So that's nice that she's got to come back and play a bigger role. I was shocked because um, she's she's sort of RP in this, isn't she? And she's obviously American in Rosa. But in Boiling Point, another real time, if you've not seen the film Boiling Point, it's Stephen Graham uh, running a, a kitchen and a restaurant and the, and, the, and the battles between front of house and what goes on a, 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 you know, backstage, as it were, in the, in the kitchen. Uh, and it's, that is done in one take, uh, in real time in one take. And I believe they did it, did they do it four times in, in, in one day? And then they, uh, maybe they did it eight times. But anyway, uh, it's a really good film. If you've ever worked in a kitchen, i have in front of house which i have it's it's a really uh accurate depiction of that that world and the relationships between the different parts of the restaurant and the different members of staff etc and vinette robinson is in it so she's specializing in real time stuff uh, and she has a couple of moments where she is i mean she's good all the way through but she's got a couple of standout moments it's a brilliant performance and she's a terrific uh, actress or actor um uh so now there's no rules there i know some female actors who like actor my partner likes actor uh, and i know some who go no i'm an actress so uh, i've said both because then i can be right and wrong uh, i mean yeah i i <laughs> uh, 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 grumpy francine jones there i love she's she's terrific at joanda she's doing some great theater work at the moment i once stood up for her on a tube i've seen her a couple of times i was doing some rehearsals of a thing in london uh, and i'd seen matt smith inside the building and then the next day uh, she walked past the building uh but I once stood up for her on a very crowded tube and uh, she said, are you sure? And I said, yes, 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 absolutely. And I was doing it to be polite because I stand up for people on the tube. I didn't do it for her because she's in Doctor Who. I did it because it was really, really jammed and people were poking at each other and she was closest to me. And I, yeah, so, but, but that I worry, but of course I said, no, no, absolutely. Of course you must. And I, and I actually had the latest Doctor Who magazine in my hand and i hope she didn't see it because i would rather she went away from that experience going a nice man stood up for me on the tube so some bloody doctor who fan used standing up as an excuse to talk to me because i genuinely had forgotten i'd got the doctor who magazine in my hand um so yeah this was the bit that was shown on uh uh totally doctor who harper's such a good director he keeps the pacing of this brilliantly and all the all the faces are so well chosen as well every you know everybody looks kind of gary powell there they all look sort of real and she's and uh and i was i was thinking about matthew chambers thinking is he still in doctors is he did he, he did a few episodes doctors <laughs> he's he's done i think he's done like Eighteen thousand episodes of Doctors, or something ridiculous. Uh, so he's uh, he's had uh, he's 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 had a pretty good uh, TV run. But yes, I remember poor old Danny Abbey Lerner gets she gets zapped now, doesn't she? Um, which is pretty horrible. Um, uh, but this 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 sort of storytelling is absolutely my cup of tea. Uh, you can find people in a in a space you get to know them all and they get knocked off one by one because then you're guaranteed a dramatic moment every few minutes where you're either sad that somebody's died 
or you're relieved that somebody's escaped from dying or somebody you don't really like gets died, usually in a way appropriate to their miscreants. Uh, <laughs> uh, and those are the beats that I just sort of enjoy in storytelling. It's really odd, isn't it, that, that you know, de deaths are the sort of high point of drama. Um, oh, and that's really horrible, that sort of... And, you, and it sort of looks like her, that shadow. Um, it's, it's very well cast, this... Um, Anthony Flanagan, I'm sure Russell said that when they got Anthony Flanagan for this part, Orin Scannell, they're all good names. The, the nomenclature is quite nice. Um, uh, when they got Anthony Flanagan for this, who, you know, been in Shameless and he, he had his own show, didn't he? Where he was, and he was in the Cracker special, but he had his own show. Um, and I used to see him a lot. He lives not far from here, or he did live not far from here. Um, and I used to see him a lot in beer gardens and and at piccadilly station or sometimes at euston when i'd come from manchester i went through a period where i'd see, I'd see him almost every other way i don't know him um so i never said anything um and uh i'm sure russell said that when they got him for the part they gave they gave him a bit more to do because they felt slightly guilty they'd got such a you know a, a, an actor of of you know profile uh you know playing a part that had not quite had as much to do and what I quite like about this is 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 he is he's a bit of a sort of spiky character. He's got a great face, um, and he's just been in Happy Valley actually. Um, but Gary Gary Powell's got a great face as well. They all fit, and they're all a bit stubbly, but and they all and 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 it feels and I yeah that sort of see and the weight of individual deaths in shows like this is what's really really important, and you feel like they all know each other. Um, oh, but she, oh, Arena's now going to die because she's the one you don't really know. The actress Rebecca Oldfield, isn't it? Um, who is the niece of the fashion f designer photographer man Bruce Oldfield? Uh, uh, but she gets a sort of comedy, sort of what does it does she say? Please, please kill me now! And you go, oh come on, that's a bit, that's a bit on the nose. Uh, but that's very sad because. Um, Although you know the please kill me now is a is a nice is is a you know is a nice piece of sort of dramatic irony if you like I'm not sure I quite buy the Abby Lerner's just be killed and she's going oh I shall be grumpy about being told what to do in order that I say the line please kill me now I yeah I think I think there's a little bit of gymnastics to get that 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 line into it really but I'm being nitpicky I like I like the setup. I love the pace and the urgency and the doctor saying your husband's gone there's no way back I'm sorry T I mean I have to be careful not to take tenant for granted because he's so bloody good um and Michelle Collins it was again when when somebody like Simon Callow or some you know um, venerable thesp or or, or or you know or or, or somebody you know who's done wonderful work at the national theater or, or, or whatever um gets cast in doctor who that's when i go oh yes because that's uh that's very marvelous and some actors are giving great credibility to doctor who but michelle collins has had this amazing career and cindy beale is a legend uh and i remember seeing her on the trailer um for this where it there was a there was a coming up trailer that showed who was going to be in it and stuff like that and you saw michelle collins and i remember being really really excited because she you know she's the sort of person that everybody knows um oh yeah poor old so he's gone now as well um uh who you know who everybody knows 
uh, and, and coming into this, you know, gives it a credibility from another side, from sort of popular telly. But she's also, she presented The Word uh, and she's done loads of, dra- loads of other television dramas. She's had a really interesting career, Michelle Collins, but she's also um, really nice. Uh, and she's one of those people that you, you uh, isn't, you know, we sort of take for granted because she's been in so much. You go, oh, it's Michelle Collins. No, it's Michelle. Oh, it's just her again, isn't it? But, but actually I could, uh, uh, I could I could see, and in the few times I've been in her orbit, um, I've done a couple of things with her, um, and also she used to work with Shez. Um, and so I know a little, a tiny little bit. Uh, and she, and she'd agreed to do Who's Round as well, but it, it didn't happen, I think she got busy. Um, but, but I can see why, I could see when I met her, because she's got, she's got a very, as a, as a, she's got a sort of every woman vibe as a performer she's quite you know she plays she's not she's not a demonstrative actress in that sense she you know she she's she's a sort of yeah sort of every woman kind of performer um not one who you you necessarily want to see doing different accents and different characters and blah 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 she's slightly different uh and 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 so you think but, and she ends up being in loads of things. You go, oh, I wonder how, how... But then you meet her, and she has a real... She's got she's got a real quality about her that is extremely likeable, and she's, she's, she's actually sort of quite glam, but wears it very, very lightly. Um, there's no sort of pretentiousness or status or anything. She's really... I don't know how to explain it. She's got great... She's got good vibes. She's really likeable. Um... And I thought, oh, I can see why people want to work with you. You're great fun and um, and a real pro, you know, does the job. And she's done some stuff that, for, for Doctor Who-y things, like I did a commentary with her for this, for Phantom Films, that she's, you know, she's a major TV star. They're, they're not, you know, they're not big gigs, but the Phantom Boys are lovely. But she did it because she was free and she couldn't. I think she'd just flown in from somewhere. She arrived in her sunglasses and spoke to everybody, everybody really nicely, you know, just... Just you know, no airs and graces. I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of Michelle Collins. Uh, I I can see I can see why she works as much as she does. Um, and and as I say, her presence in this is 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 great for the, you know, for the perhaps the sci-fi averse audience who goes, oh yeah, it's you know, it's Cindy from EastEnders, or well, I mean, I think people know her as Michelle Collins now. And 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 it sort of it brings. It brings the hard sci-fi stuff down to earth a little bit because you haven't got somebody doing big space acting, which sometimes works with Doctor Who, the heightened performances and and all of that that that, that some of the bigger characters uh, sometimes need, some of the larger than life characters need. You need the opposite here. You need this very sort of down to earth crew of very ordinary people. So I think she's fantastic casting. She's a big mate of Phil Collinson's, which is uh, is uh, you know I suspect how how she uh, she ended up in it. But I think she's she's an absolutely brilliant piece piece of casting, uh, and I lo- and I love this uh, this you know this this dynamic that they have here, where um, the whole problem is that it's her husband who's 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 the one that's you know been taken over by the alien, uh, and as he's just said here, she's the reason this has all happened. I I have to say, I mean, much as I like a, a 
and I, oh, I love those hero shots. Um, much as much as I love an alien with a catchphrase, you know, burn with me. Uh, my uh, the the story would all would would all be absolutely sorted out if it just said instead of saying burn with me. Oh, nice heroic moment from Orin Scannell there. Um, Tenant's so good. Um, where instead of going burn with me, it went give us our bit of sun back, please. And then they could all go home. <laughs> but um, I suppose you wouldn't have a story then. But, you know, if it can talk. It's funny, I've just been I've just been working on, on uh, my big chapter on the Quatermass experiment. And, and early on uh, in, in Nigel Neal's drafts, Victor Caroon, who's a sort of monosyllabic and mumbling person because he's been taken over by this alien intelligence, doesn't you know doesn't say much and they can't get much out of him uh and and the alien menace doesn't say anything at all at the end in the early drafts both are much more talkative uh, and you could see why nigel neil goes no because actually if they can say something they can say everything and actually uh, a, t a taken over person who's too chatty uh isn't isn't very helpful for the believability or for the plotting now this this is typical of doctor at this period you you just think sort of everything's uh, uh sort of got as as disastrous as it can uh and, and they've been doing their bit with the the pub quiz and all this but they've got into an escape patch and that suddenly becomes a bit more thing of jeopardy and you've got the beautiful thing that they can't actually hear each other um uh and i and the doctor saying i'll save you because he will and but that brilliant shot of her pulling back uh, and it's just just as you can't as you think you've got you've got an angle on the jeopardy and what the danger is is that this spaceship's crashing into the sun and they've got a monster on board well now two monsters on board um martha's now falling into space towards the sun in a different spaceship and the doctor's now got to get her back so the story keeps escalating uh which which of course you need to have in a story that's set in the same place with no possibility of introducing new characters um and, and that, i remember that being a very pleasant surprise the, the the last time i watched it that um you know that yeah the the, the dangerous the danger escalates um if you want your story to keep the pace up uh you need david tennant uh, as your doctor he never drops the ball in terms of the energy required and the urgency nobody runs like david tennant but he's got that bite as well uh oh and this is will ash he lives around here too so it's quite a northern obviously they'd sort of gone oh well you know we'll to, to, to keep it sort of down to earth let's get let's get a couple of sort of you know recognizable northern actors uh as 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 the as the, the 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 spiky one and the nice one essentially on the uh on the spaceship will ash uh is a is a lovely actor and has done some done some great work Shez knows him a bit and says he's he's a he's a lovely fella i've been in the same room as him but i've never i've it, 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 yeah in fact i nearly plucked up the courage to go and speak to him once to ask him to do who's round but i didn't in the end um 
uh, and he was um, he was Stephen Delane's sidekick in the tunnel, which was a lovely part for him. And he was in seeing where the heart is and stuff like that. Yeah, he's always been around. He's been one of those actors that if you work up here, certainly everybody knows. And I think he's yeah, is Peter his brother? Peter Ash uh, is his brother. Um, so yeah, he's he's very well known up here. But I think he's a well known face on telly now, isn't he? Um, Will Ash. So yeah, l lovely lovely casting. Um, and uh, these two have a very very nice rapport. Um, she should have married him, not not Mickey. Uh, but it's that you know this has done the 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 very sort of clever thing of well not clever thing but the useful Doc Two thing of splitting of 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 splitting the Doctor and Companion up, and I like that where he says call them because it, it's that thing of you know. You, if if everybody thinks they're dead, which they essentially do, look at the light. The lighting here is exceptional, and I love all this industrial stuff with the with those you know that plastic that plastic uh, sort of concertina sheeting stuff that they go through, which is very industrial. Um, and uh, but but the lighting there is absolutely you can feel the heat of the metal. Uh, oh, that's pretty horrible. Um, because it's not, it's, yeah, it's not Ashton's fault. Oh dear. Wasn't was it was Ashton originally called Motta, but it was just deemed to be too similar to Martha. I think that was a thing. Um, uh, oh, and hooray for the orange spacesuits, which uh, I wonder if they'll make a comeback now that. Uh, well, in fact, they've never really gone away, have they? But uh, yeah, I like the orange spacesuits. I'm sort of comfortably nost I'm comforted and nostalgic about them, uh, if, even though I think of this as very new, very new Doctor Who. Uh, but 2007, how can this be 15 years old? I find that absolutely terrifying. Um, and Kat was saying, wasn't she, that she, she came to the series... Uh, at the end of Christopher Eccleston's reign. Gosh. Um. Oh dear. So Francine is uh, unlike Rose's comedy mum, Francine is protective, doesn't really like the doctor mum, uh, which adds a dynamic that comes in very useful over this story arc. And that's, <laughs> that's the mysterious woman, isn't it? Who, because I think Bertie Carville's the mysterious man. Huge name, well-known actor Bertie Carville now uh, is mysterious man in the Lazarus experiment and I think was then not available. And um, Elise Dutoit comes in. But I, I've i got a feeling, I remember talking to Colin Teague who directs Last of the Time Lords and Sound of Drums, which she's in. I think he cast her and then she's back cast into this because he yeah because he'd he'd said he'd he'd cast her because she was a she 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 was a mate of a mate of his or something um but she'd been in Hollyoaks hadn't she uh and and is in in one of my favorite bits in uh Sound of Drums 
which we'll get which we'll get to when we do that one but this this is because you kind of buy this you this feels you know this feels like how the hell are they going to get out of this um and, and that's the beauty of doctor i mean you always sort of know that they are but genuinely watching this it does feel like but how i got no idea how they're going to uh and so tenant gets to do a bit of actiony stuff he's such a good actor um i've had the pleasure of seeing him in on stage recently in good at the west end um Chess took me for my birthday and he was so i mean good is an understatement and i love this piece of music dum, 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 um i have to say uh I, I, I listen to podcasts generally when I walk around the park, but I have listened to bits and bits of Murray Gold's music, and I and I've put this particular piece of music. Is it called "All the Strange Strange Creatures" uh, on on a playlist? And I I sort of wander around with it playing in my ears, pretending I'm uh, you know char- charging about in some brilliant science fiction adventure it 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 is one that i find it a really sort of enthusing dramatic exciting uh, piece of music it's a it's a it's it's a it's a triumph for murray gold this piece of music and i know it's a motif throughout the season but um i'd actually forgotten it was on this this particular sequence uh that's that's hot isn't it doctor who um uh, but I mean that the the because can you imagine this without the music? Um, I know because I know some people think that the, the the music of this era is too much. I'm I love it. I have to say I'm a big fan of Mary Gold, and I'm a big fan of the I yeah. Oh dear, oh yeah, and that's it. Um, because you think okay, there's another climax. The do- okay, we, the Doctor has saved martha but then of course he gets infected doesn't he so just when you think um you know we've there's not long left now we've just got to do the business of um you know winning the episode as it were actually the doctor gets infected doesn't he so then there's another layer to the drama and you know we know that everyone who has been got by the sun beast uh, is is toast um yeah that's see and you go ah oh, suddenly hang on so so having you thought the climax was martha getting sent into the sun uh you've now got the doctor taken over by the the, the solar creature um and there's a nice little subtext here about you know plundering resources and bloody bloody blah, blah and you know uh convert you know sullying nature for profit and all of that um and and i think michelle collins you know you never dislike her but it is all of her fault and that's that's the great dilemma you want with a a sort of guest character they need to have they need they need to have you know a, a dramatic pull in the story for them and you you have to quite like them and care about what happens to them and yet you know she is you know her cost cutting and greed or whatever has has been the reason for all of this but she's not a baddie and i i think all of that you know speaks speaks very well of the of the drama and the characterization and the storytelling uh, and it's perfect for doctor who uh and and you think he 
it's frozen and he ate so he's going to come and give more uh, oblique references to why he's why why the sun alien is pissed off um i guess you know it's, it's, it's obviously learned its communication skills from the tardis in the edge of destruction give them a series of vague clues rather than tell them what they've done uh directly um yeah the, the i mean the the pub quiz thing as i say i i doesn't quite work for me uh but it is quite a doctor who thing of going we're in the far-flung future uh you know we're on a we're on a spaceship not a gleaming spaceship which which i like i like the fact that it's a bit industrial and falling to bitsy and and maybe it would actually work better if it was you know this is the best spaceship in the world but we've we've got to solve its locks with 80s pop quiz 80s pop trivia questions so it is i mean it is in keeping with doctor who of the 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 juxtaposition of the mundane and the trivial and, and the very british uh you know 80s pop music with the you know the spacey and the and the strange and the dangerous uh and and so in theory it's you know it's a it's a great call i I just don't quite buy it and i don't know why i don't know why because for all the things that i say are good about doctor who that i've just summed up about it it it, it, you know it 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 actually there's nothing wrong with it um he's got fillings there doctor who um i got i think i've only got one the one filling uh, uh, I've had a few taken out there recently. Anyway, let's not get into that. But um, yeah, so what a go! And look at all that. Look at all that smoke and that heat. Um. So yeah, so I think if this isn't a sort of average, you know, it's not one of the big hitters of this season. I mean, you've got you've got Human Nature, Family of Blood. You've got Blink. Uh, We've got that last two-parter. Although I remember that last two-parter, people were were uh, a bit disappointed with at the time. But again, it's all relative, isn't it? Because because uh, it was all um, it it was all pretty hot. And yeah, I mean, I was tuning into a children's program, totally Doctor Who, in order. I wasn't just tuning in. I was. I still had video. I still had VHS at this time. I think I have totally Doctor Who on VHS in a in a in a box upstairs. Uh, or no, it was this season. I bought a DVD with a hard drive that you a DVD player with a hard drive that you could record and then burn your own discs. So that's what I did. I burnt my own discs and made my own menus. Uh, and I thought, oh, this is how I'm going to have my collection. Uh, and of course, that, that technology got outdated fairly quickly. And uh, uh, and anyway, I bought the DVDs themselves as well. Um, and I think, because oh, this is when I... Yeah, is this... Yeah, this is when I got to... This is when I was doing moths at the West End. Yeah. Was it? No. No, this is 2007. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's not. So, so, oh, yeah. So it was around. So I, I certainly, you know, in the, 
in the shadow of Moth Saint, my Doctor Who scarf. Uh, uh, so, so, but but you know, I thought I, I I think I thought I would be making my own DVD covers, and I got a few templates, and I didn't mess around and stuff, and I and I but I gradually ran out of time to do that sort of thing. Now this is this is my perfect kind of Doctor Who scene, where the flawed central character she acts this really well. I think Michelle Collins. Um, uh, Oh, it's so sad because she does love him, and she's and she's lured him in there to die. Uh, oh, I'm so she gets. Oh, see, I love a self sacrifice. I am a sucker for a self sacrifice. Oh, uh, and the fact that she, oh, that's so sad. Um, and they get sucked out and they die. Um, I'm a sucker for a self-sacrifice scene in Doctor Who. They make me... They just make me cry. I don't know why. There's something... And it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, because actually death is usually, you know, actually not poetic and lovely. And it's usually ugly and horrible and pointless and all of that. But but there's something about a noble self-sacrifice in Doctor Who that... that, that really speaks to me it's 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 the absolute stuff of my kind of drama um tenant is so good at all of this stuff and this is a great piece of music too is oh this is this the same one yeah um uh so so the fact that you know dramatically kath has to play with her life it's just the rules of this sort of program uh and yet she's never a baddie in the whole thing um but but she's somebody that, you know, did the wrong thing and because of her actions lots of people died. So, you know, you can't have a backslappy ending and go, Oh well thank goodness we sorted out those evil sun beasts that claimed the life of my husband and colleagues. You you know, you, you the writing's on the wall, uh, if if not your own uh, death shadow. Um and these guys do a great job of this. They're you know, they they absolutely know uh, how to do the uh uh you know the 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 dramatic the the excrement's about to hit the fan kind of acting uh and because they're be, you know because they're not you know because they're they've they've got a sort of genuine again sort of earthy northern working class thing going on it feels you know it 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 feels much more grounded uh and and real and urgent somehow uh and they've given the sun back to the yeah i mean if it had been called icarus that would have been a little bit too on the nose i think uh the film sunshine is very interesting by the way it's where it gets a bit loony in the last quarter but again it's uh it's a uh, it's a similar sort of premise to this it's quite arty um but it's got it's got benedict wong in it which is he's got to be in doctor at some point he's a fantastic actor um uh, but um, yeah, give Sunshine a go if you haven't seen it as a companion piece to this. Um, I think I prefer this. <laughs> and there we go. And so the uh, the clock has run down. But it's a lovely it's a lovely premise, and it's a lovely it's a lovely wheeze for Doctor Who to have. Um, and they've made it. Oh, and I like. I did. I say I like the orange cat, Riley Vashti, isn't he? She's she's just Kath McDonnell, Abby Lana. So, the, you know, they're not necessarily all 
space names and those that are spacey names are are only slightly spacey names but there's also non-spacey names in there as well so i I like i like the sort of yeah i like the the naming landscape i like the way that anthony flanagan's very good isn't he uh and he looked like he was going to be one of those sort of annoying characters at the beginning you know because you have a spiky one and a nice one but but actually there's a bit of light and shade to him um and and i sort of thought he was probably going to die at some point because those sorts of characters usually do probably you know doing you know having been a git for most of it doing something brave at the end so i'm i'm glad they sort of um bucked that trend and these two boys he's very handsome isn't he with ash um ah uh, yeah but he's quite sweaty isn't he and it's a very odd thing to do people do this in teleprograms they kiss somebody for the first time just before they're about to bugger off and never see them again and you're like um <laughs> and it's sort of like normally when you kiss somebody for the first time it's an indication that that's going to lead on to something else it's not like, here's what you could have won <laughs> you minx because uh, yeah if you if you give me a big smoochy lovely kiss and then say that's the last thing we're ever going to do together i'm like oh well thanks a lot jim bowen <laughs> um oh he gives her the key in this in this and this is what how many episodes in six seven seven episodes in uh oh was there a there was wasn't there there was a trailer after this because doctor who was off for a week because of eurovision so there's a brilliant trailer i think in the next time trailer instead of it being a trailer for next week it's a trailer for the rest of the season uh and again it just felt like in that you know you're in the middle of the season it's suddenly and you go and you've just had two sort of you know not filler episodes but not 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 as big headlines as some of the other episodes Lazarus Experiment 42 uh and then it's going but this season's about to really kick in and uh, uh but you have to wait for a week after Eurovision uh and I remember that the fortnight between this episode and the next one uh seemed really un unnecessarily long these are sitting in the middle of the a massive gap between doctor who's um i like the mysterious woman i think she's mean and creepy uh and she does a good mean creepy smile um so i think the trailer on this yes is i think is not the trailer that we got on the original transmission. I think we got a trailer that was for the rest of the season. Is that right? Or have I made that up? Maybe I've made that up. Oh no, because I remember all of those bits. I remember all of those bits. Oh, yeah, no, I remember that. So maybe, oh. I can't, but I'm because I'm sure. Well, look, you can. This isn't a factual podcast. You can look, you can look that up. But I'm sure there was Eurovision the following week, uh, so we did get a, a, a trailer going. 
Doctor Who's coming back in two weeks, uh, and there's going to be, you know, a, a few more, a few more ex exciting things. The one single episode. Look at how beautifully slowly these credits go. I can read. I can, you know, I can, I can zoom in on the names or the jobs that I want pretty easily. Uh, anyway, uh, I need to choose now five things about 42 that I really like. So, well, one is the wheeze. I love the wheeze. I love the the fact that it's 24 backwards. I mean, that was so exciting at the time. It just seemed that Doctor Who was doing the sort of thing Doctor Who should be doing. And the fact that, it, that, that the title enables it to, and, and the running time of Doctor Who enables the title to be 24 backwards, uh, you know, it's just one of those wonderfully happy things. Uh, and the countdown of a story in real time, even though it's a bit of a treat, cheat the way that it's done, and it's not really in, in real time because there's a, there's, a, there's a time jump after the credits and, uh, and of course, it runs down to naught and then they have the... The, the coder after that doesn't doesn't matter i think it it, it convinces you it is what it is and it, and it gives it that lovely pace uh and and you know it's this it's a literal countdown um i think it's a great wheeze so that the central conceit uh two um i think it has to be you know m m the presence of michelle collins that character um you know the fact that it's her fault the fact that she loves her husband the fact that she does a bit of self-sacrifice the fact that she's not a baddie and yet she's responsible for it all and the fact that it's michelle collins for all sorts of different reasons that just i think really work and 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 is one of the things of, of modern doctor who that that that, that, that i really enjoy because i say you know it's it's my you know it's my taste to sort of go we have this classical actor lending credibility to doctor who, but uh you know uh a, a recognizable you know underrated all of those all of our popular actors really uh, are underrated because we take them for granted and we go oh it's michelle collins she's in everything yeah well there's a reason for that uh and, and it's because they're really good and and those actors actually often don't get stretched because you know they they often told up to sort of turn up and kind of be themselves uh and so seeing them in a science fiction environment uh, it's always, you know, it's always nice to see an actor, you know, out of where you usually see them. But also she then brings a a, a recognisability that, 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 that helps to ground the, the, the strangeness and the science fiction as well. So it, it, it works both ways. Um, the, the, so Michelle Collins, Catherine Mignon, um, the I would I'd have to say the sort of lighting and the heat, you know, all that steam, all that industrial, the, the feel of the whole thing. Um, I love that yeah the, the whole industrial feel so all that metal of the ship but the way that it is lit particularly and the, and the heat that you can feel the sweat on the actors that you know grime in their hair brilliant brilliant and I know that is uncomfortable it's horrible um, uh, I have to say I think I think probably summing up of, of of that that shot of Martha falling away, because I th I think I remember when it happened. 
being quite surprised that it had happened. I thought you'd get there in time. And the fact that it's an escalation, because the whole thing continues to escalate uh, as it goes on. And as I say, and then the doctor gets infected and it's in a, you know, the, it's, it, it is confined to one place. It does have one set of characters, but there's like a cliffhanger every five minutes. That's the real, that's one of the real strengths of the Russell T. Davis era is that very few of the stories coast. There's a, and there's a, there's a driving energy and, and Harper deserves credit for that as well because I know he's that kind of director and you can see it on the footage of uh, of Doctor Who Confidential where he's sort of like oh, lots of energy please lots of energy keep you know uh, and and that's absolutely what you need but but this is more the storytelling terms as I say summed up by Martha falling back uh, in that in that capsule um, and and the fact that she can't hear the doctor and he mouths I'll save you I'll save you which is brilliant and that's all the sort of heart-wrenching sort of you know the, the the bond between our two heroes stuff that the modern series does so very well um, and Tennant is really really good at that stuff um, and and Freema Adjaman's brilliant in this episode as well I think she's she's underrated isn't she um, but but yeah that that shot of Martha I think is, is a is a dramatic moment and the and, and the way that the drama escalates and the story never really treads water. It keeps introducing another element, whether it's that, you know, Ashton is not killed, he's taken over, so suddenly there's two monsters, yeah. And the, the, Martha's the escape pack. You think Martha's just going to spend the whole thing answering pub quiz questions. No, she's then, you know, falls away. Then she has to speak to her mother, and then the doctor gets taken over. And then, but, you know, it's so, yeah, the layering, the layering of the storytelling. Um and now I think for the last one I have a dilemma. Do I go David Tennant's, you know, mental battle at the end? Mental and physical battle, which is so good. He's so good at that stuff. And the energy that he gives to the show, the drive. And that, that he's got a sort of cussedness as well, that clenched teeth as he battles against, you know, heat danger and discomfort and time uh you know he's he never lets that energy out i think i might have convinced myself the other thing was going to be that that piece of music and i think well i can choose that for any other episode but this is the episode cat's doing and she might love that piece of music and i love that piece of music but i'm going to choose tenant because i i too often overlook the regulars I think uh, and, and Tennant I think does brilliantly with that stuff at the end where he's where he's taken over so them's my five things what are Catherine Armitage's five things I have to find the folder and here we are so Catherine's five things about 42 oh yeah and I hadn't even noticed the Douglas Adams thing do you know what I mean because I think 24 was so you know present and prominent I've never really thought about the fact that yeah 42 is also the meaning of life in uh, Douglas Adams's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh and, and of course Doctor Who is kind of the meaning of life for, for me <laughs> and I'm sure if you're listening to this if you don't think Doctor Who is the mean, it's 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 pretty much there for you as well. I mean, watching it is understandable. This anyway, cat. 
So my first favourite thing about 42, and I, it took me a while to narrow these down because there's really is so much I love about it. But the, my first favourite thing, and this might be my favourite thing overall, is how sweaty everyone is. Bear with me before everyone accuses me of being really gross. What I can't stand in any television, particularly science fiction, is when people's makeup is perfect or they're, they're running around in high heels or like all this ridiculous stuff. It's just not, it, it's not real. So I love the fact that in this, they're heading towards the sun. So everyone gets sweaty and dirty and they take off their jackets and they look like they're about to boil like lobsters. And I just think that's fantastic. And I can, I watch it and I can feel the heat. I absolutely hate it when it's too hot. And this, I, I feel uncomfortable watching it in, in the sense of it's visceral and it really gets you. And it, it just sells the whole idea of it brilliantly. And it, it, it makes me feel that everyone involved is just so much more human and so much more real. I just wish more, uh, more science fiction would kind of, listen to the human body I suppose and just think about what things are you know actually like to experience and, and let us the viewer into that do I get a point for that I mean it was part of my you know the heat and the lighting but I did mention that people were sweaty and grimy because that is one of my favorite things about it and I think I mentioned it very early on in the in the commentary didn't I that yes and, and I know how uncomfortable that that fake I'd call it theatre sweat, but it's not because it's TV sweat. And could we still are in the in the ancient arts? It's uh, it's theatrical blood, even though it's used on television. But it's yeah, yeah, theatrical sweat. That, that manky tacky blah blah blah. Um, oh, it's horrible. It really is. Um, and it's and it's true. And I I too like uh, uh, it. Really angers me. Well, it doesn't. But but you know when when people wake up in bed next to each other in television programmes and their hair is, you know, really neat and smart and you think, and people have to look a certain way on television. Even television that, you know, most, you know, most television, you know, we don't have theatrical television anymore. We've, we've, you know, we've, we've turned our back on that and said, no, no, everything has to be realistic looking and plausible. You go, okay, well, I'll buy that, even though I quite like the, 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 some of the artifice of, of older telly where you know you you put you can still get pure emotion and thought and all of that sort of thing even though the the settings are you know slightly more abstract or, or, or require a bit more goodwill from the audience but okay I'll accept the modern thing that everything has to look real and everything has to look gritty and you know and plausible and 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 you know not artificial sets aren't allowed to look like sets they have to look real and blah blah, blah. but how come beautiful people can wake up looking beautiful so, uh, so all this drive for for uh, everything you know being being realistic because telly has to be realistic except for when it comes for body fascism and <laughs> the, the the yeah the, the the propagation of the 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 physiognomical ideal uh, in which case oh no we'll throw realism out the window and it can only be beautiful people who st who even have to look beautiful when they've woken up in the morning after that you know sex scene we did the night before uh, which has to be realistic so we have to you know show lots of this that and the other but but we can't we we can't show somebody with scruffy hair um so i'm with cat on that one so i feel i should get a point for that i think let's see how the rest of it goes uh, I, it's, it's moments like this when I think, well, I hope I get all the other ones wrong then, because then at least you know there's no, that you know there's no, there's, 
you know, there's no quibbling with the result. You know, it's, it's not like some close election uh, <laughs> where, where, where I have to concede and then have to phone up and uh, withdraw my concession. Um, <laughs> let's see what else she's choosing. So my second favourite thing, and this is quite a big thing, Toby, you might accuse me of, of, of trying to have all of my 42 and eat it but is Martha coming into her own like this is such an important episode for Martha she starts this series hopelessly in love with the doctor and because of that she's kind of disempowered and you know she's really down on herself she's like feels inadequate compared to Rose which is really clever because you know you know frankly that's how a lot of people viewed Martha when she came along very unfairly because everyone miss Rose so the, to have the character actually feel that inadequacy. Um, but then in this episode, she comes into her own. First, we get her phone upgrade, frequent flyers privilege. Um, and then really early on, she, she saves Ashton. And, um, you know, so she's active. She's doing things. And then she gets saved by the doctor. But then she saves the doctor back in return. And that, for me, establishes the equality of their relationship. OK, it's not equal. The doctor is amazing and Martha is amazing but she's ultimately still just a human like us mere mere viewing mortals but it, it's as it's as equal as it's going to get with the doctor and their companion and I just love that about that then really crucially there's the kiss so I know you are not a great fan of kissing in uh, in Doctor Who Toby but um this is Martha kissing it's not the doctor kissing and she kisses who is frankly quite a cute guy that she's been had a life or death situation with and it's but it's not about him I don't think she really fancies him but it's about her letting go of her crush on the doctor it's about her moving on and this is the beginning of her doing it and kind of asserting her herself and her personality and her power and it's just it's such a simple little moment but I think it says so much and then from that, the Doctor gives her a key to the TARDIS. It's like he knows that she's ready to step up, that she's not just going to be following him around, hoping for some crumbs of affection. No, she's herself now, and she's with him because she wants to be not just because she is in love with him. So I think that's really, really important. Um, and I know, I imagine lots of people really um, don't like that. I think I didn't like it at the time when she says... Uh, very hot and goes to but I love that line actually because although we don't see it on her face because she's playing it cool it's the type of thing that people can say and then afterwards you go oh why did I say that um and I just I just think it's hilarious and sort of adorable so she's not you know completely all sorted and all powerful she's still a bit of a bit of an awkward idiot like we all are oh nice yeah I feel I did probably didn't say enough about Martha this week, partially because I, I I don't like to dwell too much on the pub quiz. I don't know why the, the pub quiz locks. Um, but she does, she she actually gets much more to do in the episode than I sort of think about when I think about the episode. Whereas I say, it's like she, she gets stuck with Woolash doing pub quiz, doesn't she? No, she gets the bit where she gets stranded in the pod and then she has to call her mum. Uh, and yeah, she has the agency uh, within where she's, yeah, she, she's proactive at the beginning and she saves the Doctor at the end. So it's a great episode for me. And I quite, I like her reaction to the kiss as well. And I do I do I not like kissing in Doctor Who? Cat is, I'm not sure. I mean, I... I... Do, I, don't, I don't mind it if it's somebody with a with a guest character i mean again part of me feels feels it's it's quite an odd way to leave somebody forever um but i think yes i think it's that 
I don't come to Doctor Who for romance, maybe because um, you, you get that in, in all of the other shows and, and saving the universe to me is, you know, is much more interesting than that. Um, but I, I, you know, I like it when I like it when characters strike up a nice relationship and rapport and, and they those to and, and Riley is a lovely, lovely character. So that's good. Um, uh, and I don't know. I didn't. It's funny. I don't. Do I have. Do I have a reputation? I know I don't have any reputation, but obviously Katz has listened to a, a lot of these and uh, has come away with the impression that I might be a bit of an old prude. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm I don't, I'm, I'm not I'm not wild about. Um, uh, I am a bit of a prude, but I wouldn't want any you know rumpy pumpy in Doctor Who. But uh, I don't mind. Don't mind. Don't mind a kiss. I don't. I don't want the Doctor kissing people because. Again, I think the Doctor is 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 sort of slightly detached from all of that, and I think is much more interesting detached from all of that. I don't mind a bit of a will they or won't they, so long as it's always won't won't. <laughs> Just because I also think it it slightly sullies the Doctor if the Doctor is prone to all the same drippy stuff that we are. Um, again, when you've seen the beginning of the universe and the end of the universe and everything in between, having a wobbly lip about about somebody who wants to. Uh, seems seems to be a bit bit in the you know in the school playground, um, uh, and and you know as I say I go to Doctor Who to escape from all of that. And as somebody that uh, you know didn't do a lot of romancing in my youth, I I I liked it that my my favourite program didn't remind me of that or have that placed as you know an ideal or uh, a you know a um, a, a thing that heroes did or anything like that. I liked it that 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 my hero didn't didn't do any of that stuff, so it didn't remind me of of the fact that I, you know, wasn't as as fortunate in that department as I might have liked to be. Um, but I don't think I ever mind the companions doing it. I sort of almost think it's like you know I'm used to companions falling in love with somebody they met five minutes ago. <laughs> I mean that Martha and Riley are positively sizzling compared to Leela and Andred, and and all the better for it. Um, but anyway, yeah. Anyway, yes, I take your point, uh, and uh, very nicely put about Martha. Uh, I'm I'm glad that she has an advocate there. My third favourite thing about this episode, and again, I my instinct tells me it's a thing that lots of other people don't like, but I adore it. Is the pub quiz to open the doors. <laughs> yes, so brilliant. I mean, it's completely silly, completely daft. But what I love about Doctor Who is the combination of utter seriousness, like a morally questionable crew and they're hurtling towards the sun and her husband is dead and her crew are dying. And we've got a pub quiz in the middle of it. I just, I just think that's brilliant because that's life for me. I can't stand dramas that are too serious. Life is always laughter at the most inappropriate ridiculous times and I can completely believe this idea of of the pub quiz because I've done similar things I've done like set up an account for something and it goes memorable question you know and I'm I don't know I'm tired maybe I've had a couple of pints and I put oh yeah my sister's first pet I come back to it I have no idea I have no idea what that was, what I wrote. I mean, I know what her first pet was, but I don't know what I was thinking at that moment. So for me, there's something just really ridiculously real, actually, about that, um, which I think is the opposite of what most people feel. Um, and then it leads to the, one of the best moments ever. I think lots of people have said this, and I think it probably is 
is maybe a Russell moment, although I don't know because because um, Chris does um, does just great family moments as well. But where she phones her mum for the answer. And her mum, of course, is wanting to talk about other things and her mouse isn't connected. And my God, my mum would be that person. If I phoned her, it's like literally my life is on the line. And she'd go, yes, yes, yes. Oh, did I tell you what Sandra was saying? The other? No, mum, please focus. Look this up for me. And I just there's just something so truthful and wonderful about that little moment. And of course, her mum thinks it doesn't matter. It's just a quiz question. Um, yes, in fact, I remember ringing my mum and she was wanting me to talk her through doing something online. And I was saying, OK, right click on that. And she was going, I'm doing that. I go, well, then it should be showing you that. And she was going, well, it's not. And I said, OK, go back, right click on that. She said, I, I, that's what I keep doing. Uh, and I said, so what, what are you doing? She said, well, I, I'm writing click. And so, so when 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 she, when when she was supposed to be right clicking on something, she was typing the word. Cl- she was putting the cursor over where I was telling her to, and then typing the word "click" because she thought that's what right click meant. Uh, so so yes, and I think I was distracted or talking about something else when they were having that bit with uh, with Francine, uh, where yeah, sh- she's on something else, and they're very patiently trying to get her to answer the pub quiz question, which which is very true and very funny, and and that very good Doctor Who thing of having somebody very with very sort of earthly trivial concerns juxtaposed with people you know juggling life and death uh, at the end of the universe and uh, during the commentary I was sort of trying to enunciate why the quiz didn't quite work for me but you know balancing that with why I think thought it was quite a doctor thing and as I was enunciating it's the positive aspects of it being you know a down-to-earth slightly silly blah 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 um to, to punctuate all the highfalutin drama, I sort of talked myself into liking the pub quiz in theory. And Kat, I thought, was a very eloquent advocate for it. And I couldn't disagree with any of that advocation. But in, in practice and in experience, it it still doesn't quite land for me, even though I totally buy and understand and agree with all of the points that Cat and indeed I made in its favour. So sometimes it's just what sits with you and what doesn't. Because I've got no, I've got no good reason to really um, uh, re- 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 well, no better reasons than the reasons I have for saying it's a good idea uh, that I that I gave and that, that that Cat has given. So isn't that funny? Sometimes it's just what, sometimes it's just what fits you and what doesn't. Um, there's not. I think there's not going to be a photo finish here, folks. Uh, my fourth favourite moment. Sorry, I'm babbling. I warned Toby. I warned you. I would babble, so it's happening. But my fourth favourite moment is actually a moment. So I don't know if you'll. You might get this, Toby. Is the moment of remagnetizing the escape pod. Again, loads of reasons why I love this. I love uh, the Doctor in a spacesuit. I mean, I know it's not the spacesuit, but it's still a good spacesuit. I don't know why I love the Doctor in a spacesuit. It just feels cool. I think it's because usually they're always in like quite human clothing, really, but a bit odd. And then suddenly it's like, no, this is space. You're actually out there. I, I think maybe it brings the danger home a bit more. I don't know. 
But anyway, so you got the Doctor in a spacesuit and then leaning out the out the window. And we've and we it's been sold to us how hot it is. Leaning out the window? No, you know what I mean. Le- leaning out of the thing, and we know how hot it is. Like it's, that's been sold to us by how sweaty everyone is. So we we believe that this is agony. This is dangerous. And then there are so many stages to the blooming remagnetization, which is so tense. I remember the first time I watched it. Like he presses one button, you're like, oh, he's done it. Oh no. And he has to press another button, which is even further away. Okay, now he's done it. No, no. So then he goes for a lever thing. He think, okay, it's the lever, it's fine. But that's just the cover to the lever. And then he has to do the lever. And he does it with this sort of like this huge pain. And you just know, you just know it's gone too far. Like it's worth it because it gets Martha back. But oh my gosh, it's gone too far. And actually then when he comes and he looks at the sun, he sees it's alive. And that's just such a great moment and such a cool shot. Um... Yes, well, I, I mean, that is a really exciting moment. And it's one of those moments that would be a... Uh, I mean, if you think of the similar similar moment in Fort to Doomsday, where obviously they're slightly scuppered by the technology, um, but it's it's a bit sort of, you know, it's a slower procedure and it's still ingenious and quite clever, but it's, you know, you've got to be quite forgiving of it in execution. Whereas in, in, uh, uh, in, in you know, that is... You know, it's it's exciting and it's got pace and it's got energy and it's got the heat. And as as Kat said, it's got the the, the different procedures and it's just um, you know, and, and and it's nice because it's not a in one bound they're free. You know, they they it, the doctor has to go through a bit of and it's not just oh this is just you know killing time. It's a bit of false jeopardy for the episode because it it. it it gives an escalation to the storytelling because the doctor stares into the sun and gets infected. And, uh, you know, so there is a consequence to his action. It's not just, oh, yeah, he's been brave and he's done the thing uh, and now Martha's back on board. It leads to the next level of the storytelling as well, which I think is is very clever. It's so, you know, it's so well put together in, in that regard is that nothing is bought cheaply uh, and, and everything moves the escalates the story and moves it along and it's also a really well done sequence um and again of the sort of special effectsy kind of sequence that we kind of take for granted and take in our stride these days and yet if you think about it you know the, the budget that doctor who has and compared to what the, the doctor who i grew up with you know this stuff this is this is astonishing stuff um and it's you know, and it's not even the you know the money shot of the of the of the episode really, um, yeah, great stuff. And then my fifth favorite thing, which I kind of did these in a weird order. I think I just did them in order of like popped into my head. My fifth favorite thing is the monster itself. Doctor Who Daleks aside, pretty much the monsters always work best when they're humanoid. I guess because that's the thing that we can do the best and we we can make it feel real but also feel strange and this is such a simple monster it's a person in a helmet saying burn with me but for me it's really scary and a few things I love about it like the twitchy hands that they do I don't know why that freaks me out but it really freaks me out I think it's just that sort of thing of like a monster sort of itching to get hold of you itching to get the life from you is freaky and I also love the fact that the helmet obscures the face so it makes the the monster other and strange. But you can still see the jaw and the neck 
of the person who it once was. And it gives you a sense of that lost humanity and who they were. And you can really see the actor performing the words as as their mouth moves. And for some reason, that really adds a whole element of unnervingness to to the monster. There's also a very interesting thing about this monster. And apologies, I'm going to get a bit serious here. This is a monster that is created from pain and fear this living sun has had parts of it scooped up and turned into fuel and then it becomes this force of absolute destruction pure rage vengeance violence and aggression and it's very interesting that this force this monster in the story it kills the female characters and it infects the male characters now this is just my reading of this but i can't help but wonder if that is trying to say something about that very, very, and we're talking, you know, the real extremes, the real dark underbelly of society, but the extremes of aggression and violence and how it can, how it can destroy us, how it can destroy humanity and what it, what it does to us. Um, and it just creates a really thrilling, terrifying monster And then, of course, it gets the doctor. And that is terrifying because the doctor is so often, you know, and this is so often plumbed in Doctor Who brilliantly, is the scariest person in the room, really. Because if the doctor goes off their kind of moral compass, there is no telling what they could do. If they can defeat all of those baddies, if they turn, we're not safe. No one's safe. Our hero is gone and the the demon is something that usually defeats all the other demons. And I love how scared Tennant plays that moment. You know, he knows exactly how dangerous this is. And, you know, he tries to tell Martha about the regeneration and, she, you know, she, he, she's just trying to reassure him and he he can't quite get it out. And that, for me, is is genuinely chilling and freaky. And then, you know, I love, love the solution to the monster. It's a living sun burning inside you. We either freeze it out, brilliant, makes total sense, or actually we just jettison the particles. We send it away. We banish it from us and we make this place safe again and again I think you could read into that actually about what that says about violence and aggression and the need to destroy and can we is there a way that we can just send it away and like you know yeah we know it exists we can't stop it existing but is there a way we can just put it over there and we don't have to engage with it we don't have to let it infect us so maybe I'm going way too deep into uh, what is essentially a fun race against time with a pub quiz but that's what I see in that moment So those are my top five things. I really hope that you got some, Toby. And I hope you're nice to yourself. Be generous to yourself with the scoring because I often think you're too hard on yourself and actually give yourself a break. You know, let's have a few wins in there. Oh, I like Kat. (laughs) What a, uh, I mean, I haven't much to add to that because it was so well put. I mean, I touched on that, didn't I, with the, but I, I, Touch more on the performance of David Tennant. I, I I don't know why I didn't talk about the the twitchy hands. I think the twitchy hands are great. Um, I think I was probably wanging on about something totally unrelated. What a surprise! I don't normally do that. Um, but it, it, well, I mean, it's the ideal Doctor Who monster. It's it's a it's a it's a person in a mask. It's an it's an actor. Uh, who you don't have to put any makeup on uh, 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 but but you know you have the you have the removal of the humanity because you have the you know 
the sun visor mask thing such a simple thing bit like the bit like the uh the the gas mask child you know it's a it's a it's a, 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 a although we we recognize a gas mask and that brings baggage with it but i don't recognize that sort of sun visor mask thing but you know it's of a it's of a type of thing but it it takes away the human face but as you say as as cat says there's there's you see the neck and the and the adam's apple and the and the the movement of the chin so it's it's a, you know that that's always the scariest isn't it it's something that's a sort of cruel parody of ourselves and of humanity and and you could do that just by removing facial expressions which give us at least you know if you could see somebody's nose you know, you know there's at least an element of them that isn't scary who's scared of a nose uh, <laughs> but <laughs> which is why the gravis never really frightened me but but um but i think that's i think that's absolutely right and doctor who is at its best when it's solving its you know problems of being uh you know a big epic sci-fi adventure made on on bbc money uh you know in in record time uh you go right well the monster's going to be it's going to be that that actor who was playing a person but stick a mask on and get, basically give him a catchphrase. And I've sort of mocked the catchphrase because, you know, if it can talk, why doesn't it just explain what it wants? But and, you, and there are reasons you can come up with for that. Well, it hasn't quite assimilated the language well enough. It doesn't have enough of our language in which to do that. So it's trying to, you know, it's trying to suggest it. And also, you know, there's a there's a filter through which alien intelligence tries to tries to communicate with us, and it's not the same as having a conversation, etc., etc., etc. But still, I, 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 it amuses me to go. Well, if you can go burn with me, you can go. Here is the solution to our impasse. Um, which isn't quite as catchy. <laughs> you, you won't. Yeah, I think you could see Stephen Mark go. Shall I say, "Are you my mummy?" Or shall I say, "I have the solution to my ampass." Um, uh, ampass. But but listen, Cat. Uh, I thought that put that very very well. Uh, and and yes, the 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 very simple. Nothing is simple when you're making Doctor Who. So. I'm, you know, it's simple within context. The very simple way that that creature is rendered, actor with a welding mask on, and yet it becomes this really scary, inexorable, seemingly unkillable, unstoppable threat whose power escalates throughout the episode. And all it is is an actor with a welding mask on and a catchphrase. And and a couple of yeah, the twitchy hand thing, a couple of movements, some glowing eyes, boom, very very good, perfect for Doctor Who. So yeah, I should have chosen that <laughs> rather than something as abstract as the way the storytelling escalates. Um, I, I'm sorry, Cat told me not to be hard on myself. I find it very difficult not to be. So well, I for what I'm very pleased, I pulled Cat forward in the schedule, and I'm enthused by cat's contribution i'm very enthused um and i'm uh very pleased with all of the things that she said and now i am going to play the plug where cat plugs her wares so thank you so much toby for having me on this wonderful podcast which always makes me smile and feel so happy and part of a community all those things that I just love about uh, being a fan of Doctor Who. 
if people are interested in knowing more about me, not knowing more about me, but seeing my work, um, I'm Catherine Armitage. With, that's K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. Weird spelling of my name. Blame my parents. Um, Armitage, like the sinks, A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E. Or Richard Armitage. Rassalon. Hey. And my first story was called Displaced, which was a seventh Doctor Ace and Hex story, which I, even though it was my first script, I remain very proud of that one. Um, so please do check it out. And I'm paired with the wonderful Jarrett Arrowsmith as well. Um, so do check that out if, you, if you're interested. Um, I've also written uh, a couple of Blake Sevens, which is another love of mine. Uh, I had a unit one come out last year and I have a Star Cops coming out this year. Um, and hopefully some of my other Doctor Who's will be coming out um, in the near future so just have a look at that I also have written a play about the fantastic amazing innovative Delia Derbyshire um, we've only done a work in progress performance so far but I'm hopeful that it will we will be bringing it and touring it around the country so it's called Delia D um, it's not it's not entirely about Doctor Who, but inevitably there are quite a lot of uh, Doctor Who elements in it. Um, so that probably won't be around this year. That's 2023, but we're hoping to get a tour going in 2024. So if this comes out before then, do look out for that. Um, and I also have a podcast, which I do with my flatmate. We are the opposite of Toby, who does all these amazing episodes. We have done four episodes at time of me recording this, um, but we're hoping to start it up again. We both just got stupidly busy with work but I'm currently editing our fifth episode and we're hopefully going to bring that out soon and it's called Scaredy Cat Cat with a K and that is basically my flatmate who's a massive horror nerd showing horror films to me me being a scaredy cat like you know Doctor Who genuinely scares me so I'm a wuss and then we record my reactions and we chat about it so yeah if you want more babbling from me you might enjoy that or if you love horror and you want to hear my flatmate being quite scathing about my ignorance and what he views to be a very wrong opinion sometimes um you might enjoy that also um i am on twitter but i don't really i'm rubbish i don't do anything but i am on twitter at ks armitage but i mainly just retweet things that make me laugh and occasionally i'll say hey i've got a big finish out so that might be useful for some thank you so much for having me and for listening to me babble and hope everyone's doing well bye oh well i I'm thrilled that I reached out to Kat, who has made me very happy uh, with her enthusiasm. For, uh, it's probably because she was nice about this. When I asked if she did it, she said, ah, oh, listen, I like it. So it's, it's probably a th- vanity as much as anything else. But I, I, it's nice that I, to feel relevant, um, again, that, 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 you know, because you know the stuff I talk about, I'm, I'm sure probably chimes with people of of my age and my experience. It, it it always makes me a bit happy if if people who aren't my age and have had different experiences also find something useful in my rambling and burbling. Um, but you know, mostly I'm thrilled that somebody eloquent and articulate uh, and successful uh, and skilled. Uh, you know, comes and contributes to this in such an enthusiastic way. So I am very happy. I hope you are too. I hope you are too, Cat, when you hear this. And that, yeah, I mean, you could tell she this because she said, yeah, I'll, I'll mention twenty twenty four, but just just in case this this comes out after that, because there are. I mean, I actually, I've I've been out tonight, which is why I'm 
one of the reasons I was so late. Uh, uh, and one of the people I was uh, I met up with, because um, I had a curry in Salford with um, Chris Howarth and Steve Lyons, amongst others. And Steve, why am I mentioning Steve? Oh, because St- who, who are who writers of the completely useless encyclopedia, and Steve has written. Uh, uh, I've I've read most, if not all, of Steve's new adventures, um, Salvation and the the the, the the witch hunters, the witch, the the, the Salem, the Crucible one, uh, which is really good, um, and the and the and the, uh, the the one with the, the the master of the land of fiction in that conundrum. Um, but Steve uh, recorded for me about two years ago his thoughts on the censorites, and I, I love Steve's writing. I will, I, I'm desperate to hear Steve's contribution because he's a wise, witty, and insightful man. But I, I've, I've yet to do uh, his the censorites, and, and as I say, he recorded that a good couple of years ago. So Cap was perfectly within her rights to think that this might not come out for years. But uh, I needed to do this one. I needed to just do what I wanted tonight, and uh, I thought I'll do that one. I'll do that one. I like I liked Cat's uh, introduction when I when she sent it to me on the email, and uh, and I tested the sound, uh, and I thought, oh, I look forward to that one. Um, so tonight, when I had to produce a podcast very quickly and without thinking about it too much, this is what I did. And events occurred in real time. And I'm pretty much, gonna, this is going to go live uh, to, to, to patrons pretty much as soon as I draw a veil over proceedings. So, uh, I mean, it's very much in, in real time. But the rest of you, um, I mean... Gosh, by the time you hear this, you, Doctor Who might actually be back on telly. Because, just a reminder, that patrons are six months ahead on Happy Times and Places. So uh, if you want to listen to this six months ago, go there. That's That really is a time twister. But um, uh, until then, uh, thank you very much for listening. And we managed to make that... Oh, I'm just looking at the at the thing, and it was an hour, an hour uh, and forty two minutes. So we lasted an hour longer than the episode of Doctor Who we actually did. So there's perhaps something to be said for for putting a time limit on these, uh, lest it makes you want to crash into the sun. I think you'll find. 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 And of course, you were all yelling in my general direction. I don't know where you think I am. In the internet, in the sky. Well, I'm not in the sky, but I suppose if you yell up, it will eventually land on me. I think you'll find uh, it wasn't at the end of 42. It was 42 that we missed out on a trailer for. So I was nearly right. I knew 42 was something to do with it. And I, I was convinced. And then I, then that trailer for Human Nature, I was going, oh, I know that. But I remember that at the end of the episode, it had Jared Horan as, uh, as, as, you know, the farmer going, uh, you know, give us the doctor or whatever uh, from Human Nature. And it was, uh, and then into a whole load of clips from all of the stories. And it was at the end of the Lazarus experiment, the story prior to 42. So we missed out 
on a trailer specifically for 42. So, um, yeah, I was in the right ballpark, uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I was a week late. That's, yeah, ballpark and a week late. That's a mixed metaphor, isn't it? Well, no, a week late isn't even a metaphor. There's no metaphor there. Never mind the metaphors. Let's just have just the facts, uh, which 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 are that... Uh, there was a there was an extended trailer. I remembered that correctly, but it was pr- the week prior to forty two. It was at the end of the Lazarus experiment, and so we missed out on a trailer for forty two. But that has been reinstated on the physical media and presumably on the, all the iPlayers and all of that. Well, I guess I'll find out when I get to do the Lazarus experiment, and I can make all these claims again. But I shall do so correctly. Um, nobody's chosen the Lazarus experiment yet though so it might be in several decades time thanks to david gillespie pratt for the correction which was administered gently and i'm appreciative thank you ever so much for listening to happy times and places which is presented by me toby haydoke and my special guest kat armitage who can be found on the internet at kramitage.com and on twitter ks armitage and via the medium of excellent writing for big finish i'm grateful to kat and to the patrons who make these podcasts possible. And they include Joel Ahrens, Joanne Abbott, Keith Adams, Mark Aldridge, Kit Allen, Neil Allen, Jonathan Appleton, Sebastian April, Tilt Ariza, Radit Aritza, Simon Ash, Richard Alt, Richard Baker, Stephen Bamford, Simon Barker, Ollie Barrett, Andy Benison, Richard Bignall, Peter Blackett, Robin Bland, Gareth Bowley, David Brody, Hugh Buchtman, Tim Burrows, DC, Paul Carrington, Anthony Carroll, Damien Cartin, Phil Chapman, Ralph Chilton, Susan Christian, Steve Churchill, Kevin Clark, Mark Clues, and Graham Cluley. The music is by Dave Gates. The artwork by Dylan Patterson. I did the unusual thing of mentioning Patreon a few times in the body commentary. I don't normally do that. I try and keep the plugs till the end here. So forgive me. I know some people get really annoyed when you go... Would would you be prepared to spend money on my labours in this day of things being free? And of course, I'm more than happy that uh, people listen to these things under whatever circumstances. And I know that most of us haven't got any money. So please continue listening away. But if you decide to go the Patreon route, uh, I don't think I was very persuasive uh, during what went on before. But there are there are advantages to doing it. You can listen to this earlier well i mean you can't that's physically impossible but you could have done um but yes you get the happy times and places about six months earlier and the too much information and indefinable magic podcasts a month or so before it depends it depends how busy i am i'm currently ridiculously busy writing a book about quatermass hey i'll plug that as well um it's called the quatermass files volume one and is being published by 10 acre films i'm hoping by the time that this is out it too will be out but who knows because Quatermass's experiments can go very wrong I mean that's the whole point anyway if he'd had a Patreon um, I'm sure he wouldn't have been shy about going but yes please for, 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 you get early access to doomed rocket flights and uh, you get exclusive 
fossil bones that uh, give a key to uh, your dodgy Martian-infused genesis. Um, but if you go up a tier, um, you can be played by Miscast American. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, because this is a plug for Patreon. I have See, this is why... Yeah, no. I'm, I don't know why. I don't know why I feel bad that I mentioned it during the entertainment itself. I suppose it's a bit like having a, a tagline running along the bottom of a drama. You don't want that. You don't, you don't want to be watching, um, you know, a bit of... Shakespeare. I'm not comparing happy times and places to Shakespeare, uh, although sometimes they can go on too long. <laughs> so maybe no, I love I love Shakespeare, but um, uh, I've I've I have sat through some quite long ones. Um, and um, uh, listen, listen, yeah, it's a, I, you don't want to be watching, you know. Um, um, uh, you know, the quality of mercy is not strained. And then going along the bottom going, buy goose eggs for a pound. Um, I don't know why somebody would be advertising goose eggs doing a production of The Merchant of Earth. Why, why were goose eggs the first thing? Is goose eggs, yeah, geese must lay eggs. But do, do you eat a goose egg? Somebody might. I wonder if there's a reason that we don't. Well, there are fewer geese than chickens, aren't there? But they must lay eggs. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, I'm sure th I'm sure there's a Patreon for the Goose Egg uh, podcast, but th that is not mine. Mine is Toby Haydoke. No, it's not. It's patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. You get advanced material. You get bonus material. I mean, isn't this a bonus in and of itself? Uh, you get uh, access to me. That I really... that doesn't sound quite how I meant it to. I mean, I, you know, we do monthly AMAs. Well, I've been doing about three a month at the moment because I'm getting so many questions that people seem to like. I don't know why people are interested in what I have to say, but you have to kind of hope that they are. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this right now. Um, so look, yes, if you like the cut of my jib and uh, enjoy this model of sort of supporting creatives that you particularly like, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. It starts from as little as £3 a month. You get a 10% discount if you sign up for a year. And as good as there, you get three releases a week and pictures of my dog. But I know that times are tough. I'm perfectly happy that people listen to these uh, just and that, that 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 that's that's what you do um, because there's so much out there. The fact that you spend an hour and now forty seven minutes in my company, I mean, really? Have you not? I mean, have, I mean, I think if you've read all of Thomas Hardy and George Eliot and William Shakespeare, and I mean, seen all of, I mean, I'd say all of Star Trek, you know, and. Uh, and, I mean, then maybe knit back, you know, do the Quasi Masses, Sapphire and Steel. Uh, obviously, you need to have watched all of Doc 2 several times. And 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 then listen to any number of podcasts that aren't this. And then go, all right, I've got an hour and 47 minutes to spend with Toby now. I could kind of understand that. Anything else, it, it does baffle me. But I am grateful because there are, you know, a few of you out there. So thank you. I'm, I'm doing my best to put you off. What am I doing? Anyway, what? and I think... Uh, was I in the middle of plugging something? Probably. I broke off from plugging it to go, I don't even know why you're here. But anyway, it, as you are, <laughs> yes, that's right. If you're listening um, and you can't do the Patreon and you can't do Kofi, which is kofi.com forward slash Toby Haydock, which is a one-off payment. If you if you go, oh, I particularly like that one. I'll buy him a pretend coffee. Uh, you can do that at any point. I'm, I'm not sure you'll be doing it with this. I, I mean... I'd buy Kat Armitage a coffee on the strength of this because her contribution was marvellous. I was really, I'm invigorated 
by I never met I've never met Kat, um, but we had lovely email back and forth, and I love her enthusiasm uh, and and the um, and the tone of her you know the enthusiasm in her voice, and I just had a really rewarding. It was really one of those. Oh, I'll say I'll ask somebody to do happy times and places, and we had a lovely back and forth. And it's nice to encounter new people and to share somebody's enthusiasm. And I'm enthused, so I would like to thank you for listening, but also Kat for doing a particularly splendid contribution. Kindness of strangers. She made me feel good on a on a on a uh, you know at a, a, a period of time when I'm working quite hard and you have self doubt and all that sort of thing. And when somebody who's very you know. Well, I was going to say when somebody is very creative, because Kat is a brilliant writer. But actually, that's that is nice. But also, just some I'm not I, I don't necessarily see the need to validate somebody because they're creative and skilled. It actually, anybody when somebody makes you feel, uh, you know, when somebody in, enthuses you or spends some of their positive energy uh, uh, in your direction, it's really nice. So I've had a nice time. Um, and I hope you have too. And the long and the short of it, I've gone off several different um, offshoots there, haven't I, that were probably unnecessary. The The main thing is, is the thank you for listening. And if you can't do the Patreon and Kofi or don't want to or whatever, whatever, I know, I time, you know, um, what costs you nothing, what costs you nothing is to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and give these five stars. That really does help and to to leave a, a bit of a review it really does uh, increase the uh, pro- impact of our i don't know what it does but it makes it makes more people notice and it makes me feel nice if people have said nice things that's all i want I just want to feel nice um it's been it's been a, it's been quite a hard month it's been lots of no i mean not it's all comparative, isn't it? But I've been working hard and had a, f- a few knockbacks. So, um, so, so go on, say something nice. Go on, I feed off your, I feed off your affirmation. It's pathetic, isn't it? Why don't I get a proper job and uh, learn a trade? Learn a trade, Toby. Not too young to learn a trade. I can't even fold t-shirts properly. You know, I was thinking this last weekend when I was doing my monthly. Oh, the clean washing's piled up. Let's let's put it all away. And I I actually really tried folding a t-shirt and I go to people's houses and I see their houses you know shelves with designated things on the shelves not just load of things shoved on shelves falling off houses that don't have dust I've got loads of dust and I'm 49 I and I've tried but I can't fold a t-shirt I'm st- I'm not very good at making a bed you know I mean I try again I try I tuck I tuck those blooming sheets in but they they do come they do sort of ride up they do um so this is all i can do really so so please please listen <laughs> oh dear cv skills talking out loud in a room on my own about doctor who and hoping for the best well there we go I think I'll leave it there for today. <laughs> oh, no. No, because there's something I forgot to say. I used to do a pub quiz. I mean, I used to set got quite a lot of effort, you know, setting and asking and doing it. And it's a rarefied atmosphere, um, a pub quiz, and it relies on... There's a bond between 
well, and, and uh, you know, there's a there's a code between the quizzer and the quizzy. Uh, and I mean, I used to get really annoyed when you, people who weren't doing the quiz would shout out the answer. You'd be like, "Oh, come on!" I remember once a guy shouted out, and I did a real sort of you know comic put down on him, and everyone laughed. And then he, he got a bit angsty, and and his and his mate came and said, "You shouldn't do that." And I said, "Well, all he had to do was not shout out the answer." He said, "Yeah, but you've got to give him break because he's just come out of prison." And I, I was just like, "Then he should." Then, well, I said, "Well, if I had it my way, people would go to prison for trying to spoil pub quizzes." So he's just broken his parole. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, why am I still alive? Anyway, uh, <laughs> God, I don't think I felt. I don't think I was particular. I don't think I found it quite as funny at the time. Just in retrospect, going, yeah, God, why that man should have killed me? Anyway, um, the, my point is, um, I know it's it's their breaking a security system. And it's not strictly speaking a pub quiz, but I I've. I feel that actually 42 encourages people to phone their mums during pub quizzes. And I think that's actually deadly serious and the beginning of the end of civilization that that people using their phones and indeed the Internet to win at a pub quiz, I think is I think it's how the decline and fall of the Roman Empire began, actually, because there's so many issues of trust and of, you know, of self-satisfaction. You know, what's the point in? you know getting the prize if you know that you've you know colluded or you know or cheated um why why even take part i mean it, it, it i think it's a question that gets to the very core of our existence and humanity so you know i hope you enjoyed your 42 but cheating in pub quizzes is 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 the beginning of the end Right, better walk the dog. I did that one because it was supposed to be a quick one. Two hours. You're all mad. <laughs>